Hey, welcome to our podcast. I'm Tom Blackwood, Executive Pastor at Calvary Church. We hope you'll find something every week that inspires and encourages you in your faith. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen so that you'll never miss an update. Hope you enjoy the message. Well, that's good and terrible and you know how it is. It's, it's kind of like as parents when your kids get married and go off, you're like, oh, that's great, awesome, and then you sit at home and cry a little bit, right? I understand that. Well, so excited for them. It's good. Hey, today is uh, part seven of a series that we've been in called Doing Together Better. If you remember when we started this, we, we did a little intro that we used um, the idea that all through the New Testament, and uh, specifically in the latter part of like Paul's letters, he talks about how the church is really um, advancing and grows and people mature when we do this idea of one another or each other when we get this, this dynamic right. We talked about the first uh, week in this series, we used this word, elelon. It was a Greek word that means there's mutual benefit in this relationship. In other words, when we talk about love one another, it's not just one-sided, but it's mutually beneficial. And so there's this, this reciprocity of the, um, the, the benefit that we can all receive when one another is done well. We talked about that. And then we talked about how we are instructed to love one another to pray for one another, to teach uh, or to exhort, to, to coach the discipleship element one another, to encourage one another. Last week, we um, saw a really kind of a, a really powerful word about how the scripture says that as we allow the Lord to forgive us, we then forgive others. And we made the statement that's kind of challenging. It says, as to the level that we can forgive one another is the same level that we can experience the forgiveness that God has for us. And, and God says, and Jesus said to his disciples, he said, pray this way. He said, forgive us, Lord, of our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us, that we can forgive one another. And today, we're ending the series on the one another's, um, talking about how the, the, God's word says that we are to serve, serve one another. And there's a reason, obviously, for the chairs up here for me. We'll get to that. First Peter is where we're going to be together today as we talk about serving one another. First Peter chapter 4, verse 7, starts with this statement. The end of the world is coming soon. Just let that settle. How's that for getting your attention in a, in a verse that, that this letter says? Is therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for, here it is, each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Verse 10. God has given each of you, not just some of you, not just those on staff, not just those that work in the church, but God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well. Use them well to serve one another. There's a lot in that verse, right? This series, we've been talking about the, how the one another's apply in our lives, and the big idea is simply this, that the way we treat each other is really important to God, and that we can advance the kingdom when we do life together better. I'm very aware, as you are, that the season of life that we are in in the church, not just Calvary Church Greensboro, but the church as a whole, we have walked through some amazing um, transformational, um, almost a recalibration um, season the last three or four years in the church. So many of us, in fact, myself included, I'm almost tired of talking about it, but I also know it has great impact in where we're at today. When we walked through this season of the pandemic and all the stuff and the implications of that, deeply personal impacts in the room here today 
as we all have walked through that, and there are some corporate and organizational impacts that have been felt as well. Church studies show us that um, church engagement, those men and women and boys and girls and all, all ages like, like represented here, church engagement has drastically shifted in the last three or four years. We in the church, we have created a, a, a type of an acceleration into what I call kind of the consumerism uh, culture in the church some of it by, uh, based upon necessity. When we were prohibited from meeting together in a building, we had to, to pivot, right, with all these words. And we, every week, it was just this different dynamic. And I talked, I had lunch on Friday of this week with a pastor down in Florida, and, and he was saying the same things that, that we all experienced. Basically, in that season, it was so many polarizing issues, and you literally could not win, no matter the, the, um, the direction that you took, someone was going to think you were right. Someone was going to think you were wrong. If you took another direction, the same people would think. It was a divisive time. And in the church, it had great, great impact on our engagement into the mission and vision of the church. So how are we doing now? And what, is that, what does that look like today? Well, if you look at different statistics, the Barna Research Group provides a lot of these within the church world, and the Barna, and then uh, Carrie Newhoff as well, who does some leadership um, um, teaching and blogs, and both of those groups kind of serve to, to be the foundation for some of these statistics, but mostly the Barna Group shows this, that, that different generations have different levels of re-engagement into the mission or vision of the church. Put, uh, put plainly, that just means that if the, the different ages represented in the church, some, some older, younger, and all in between, we tend to re-engage in this mission and vision differently. Statistics, Big C Church across the, the, the United States especially, show that boomers, the, the baby boomers, boomers in that generation, have had the highest level of of, of, of percentage of their generation that have just simply not come back. It's about 25% of those that were engaged in the church beforehand, post now pandemic, have simply not returned. Some of that's based upon health, some of that's based upon logistics, some of that's valid. Statistics show that that is, is where we're at. Statistics also show that the, between the millennials and Gen X and even into the Gen Z, that those generations have the highest level of return into engagement in the church. What does that mean? That means that we have a unique responsibility right now, Calvary Church, to steward a bunch of young families and younger generations that are begging for a mission and vision to be attached to, to sell out to, that they will be engaged with a cause. And I'm so glad that even though I look at the, the statistics and say that, you know, the, the boomers or some of us that are a little bit older maybe have less engagement, when I look across Calvary Church, I just do not see that in this room. I am proud to be involved in a church that has, has young and old alike serving in so many different levels. And if you're a, a guest with us today, just trying to figure out, is this a family that I can be involved with? And especially if you have young, young, uh, a young family, I'm telling you, your children will see older gener the older generation serving well. Your children will not see the older generation just set back. Your children will see all generations serving. So I'm proud to be a part of a body of believers that kind of bucks against these statistics, but they do tell us something as it relates to where we're at in the church. When we look through the studies about these things, we see that, that different ones of us have reacted differently to our engagement at the church. So we were talking about this this past week in the, uh, the staff as far as serving. And it was interesting because we have heard a phrase reflected to us many times in the last couple years as it relates to people re-engaging in the mission. 
And they've said this phrase, it's really, uh, it's powerful, and it has positive and negative connotations. So just receive it, just, this is just what we've heard. And when people have volunteered or have stepped up to say, I want to serve at Calvary, they've said this phrase that, that, that has the connotation of, I'm, it's time to get off the bench, that I've been sitting on the sidelines for too long, and I'm, I'm ready to re-engage. I'm ready to get off the bench. And so we've started dreaming a little bit about that and, and, and having the dialogue. I wonder what different types of chairs we all, at different seasons of our lives, what we sit in as it relates to engaging with the church. Some of us were pretty content, right, in the director's chair. We are, we are really good at leading and just directing and telling other. Now, trust me, there is a biblical gift of leadership. In fact, scripture says, if you have the gift of leadership, lead well. So there's not all negative, right? But for some of us, when, when, when God's telling us to, to be in other places of leadership, we can be really comfortable to just direct. We like to think of it different ways. We talk about the, we almost had a recliner up here, right? The Monday morning quarterback, the armchair quarterback, football weekend, right? We can always sit back and say, they should have and I would have, and if I, you know, and we can always be the director. Others may be, as a sports analogy, we may be sitting on the sidelines on the, on the bench, and we're ready. Like, we're, we're just, we're like on the edge of our seats going, put me in, coach, I'm ready, and, our, and, and we're, just, we're just ready. Some of us may be down on the end of the bench like, oh, dear Jesus, please don't let me see me. Just, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm just very content. I just want to be on the team. I don't want to play. I'm just, I just want to sit on the bench. Still others of us, we didn't want to bring one of the sanctuary seats of us up, but we got one of the back row seats here. So uh, we got one of the seats that, you know what? I'm just content. I just really, you know, the vision of Calvary Church, experience God, I, I do that well. And I love to experience God just in the, the 9 or 11 o'clock service. I'm good. Pastor John, thanks. Awesome. Great. See you next week. I'll be right here. I'm going to experience all that God has for me right here. Well, I'm steel-toed boots again today, right? When we, uh, Kim and I, uh, this is a true story, when Kim and I were um, kind of doing the interview process with the search committee at Calvary Church. We came into the building one night and nobody was in here. We were kind of looking around facilities and one of the board members was here with us. And it was so funny because uh, I asked, uh, say, hey, how many, how many chairs are in the sanctuary? I was just curious, just looking around. I was like, wow, beautiful facilities. And the comment was made to me that, uh, uh, well, it sleeps about 800. <laughs> Obviously it was a joke saying, man, these chairs are so comfortable that you could really just kind of nestle in. In fact, some of you sit in the same chair every, every week, and, and you can tell when you leave. Your impression is still there. No, but they're really, they're really comfortable. But if we're not careful, we can be very content sitting in this chair and not realize that God's calling us to serve and, in different areas. The experience God is just one part of the vision. Follow Jesus, serve others, it's the other. But some of us, uh, I'm not even going to attempt to sit in the car seat right now, right? Because that would be ugly and it would not be, I would get stuck. But some of us, honestly, not all negative, but some of us are baby Christians and you need, you need protection of, of, of the, the mom or dad, the spiritual mom or dad to say, hey, go on this journey with me and while you're in this state, let's, let's protect you. And, but there will come a point where that seat is not going to fit you anymore, right? And, and, and we cannot refuse to grow up and just stay in that chair. We were talking this past week about ideas, and one of the comments, I won't uh, mention the pastor, right? Pastor Tom mentioned this. Uh, some people are just bumps on a log, just sitting there like bumps on a log, whatever. So fill in whatever illustration you want there. That You know, let's, let's get off the log. Let's not be a bump on the log. And then, then for some of us, we may say, man, you know what? Just get me out front of Cracker Barrel, and I will be all right. You know, I will... Woo, come on, man. You just, just get my name on the list. Can you bring me another sweet tea? This is going to be great. Now, trust me, I have one of these rocking chairs on my patio at the house, and there is a season for relaxation and resting. It's biblical, right? Even the Lord rested, right? I get it. So I'm, I'm having fun a little bit here today. But the truth of it is, is God has never called us to retire from the mission. God has never called us to say, you know what? You're good. Just go sit and let the other people do it. 
No, 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 no. And I'm so proud of some of our, our seniors that are in this room that this is so not them, right? This is this like, even this is like, Pastor John, you're offending me, whatever. I'm, I don't do that. You're right. You don't. But let us never be in a mode where we just say, hey, I, I, I'm done serving. You can serve. No matter how old or young you are, you can serve in what God's, some of us really get comfortable. This is going to be tough. We love these types of chairs. Oh boy, if my feet were just in the sand right now, whoo, it'd be great, right? And we just kind of let the sun sit on us. I'm telling you, this is just an assessment. Uh, we are in the most vacationing, in, is that a verb? We vacation a lot here in North Carolina, right? And my goodness, I've enjoyed it too this summer. Friday, this past week, Kim and I were, had the opportunity to be on the beach for a, a day or two with it was kind of a business slash whatever fun thing, whatever, but it was great. So I, I am not rest, 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 but boy, if we're not careful, we can get so content sitting on the beach in our little beach chair and we say, man, this is great. I've done my time. I am mailing it in. And the whole time when I see people getting baptized in that tank and I see the lives that are transformed by people young and old, right? Pastor Scott, you said 69 down to eight with the ages that were represented in that, that tank today. Can I tell you what that says to me? It says it's never too late for life change. It's never too late for us to recognize that God is doing something incredible. And God is calling us to serve no matter how, no matter how old. I'm going to just kind of take a little bit of liberty. You know what? I think there's another place we can sit and be really um, in God's will is if I can use this as kind of like the altar and say, God, here I am. Here I am, send me. I cannot stay here, but I offer my life to be involved in your mission and your vision. I was standing over there just watching some of these lives, and obviously baptism is just the outward display of what has happened internally already, but they're making a proclamation that says, I have been raised to life, and I'm set on mission, and this is not the end point. It's almost like they baptize proclamation and then we send them out, right? Because that's, oh, I'm ready to go now. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play, right? There's, there's this idea of serving that we cannot lose sight of. And no matter what chair you may be in today, God is calling each and every one of us to serve. So today I'm going to go fast, but we're going we're gonna to get to a place here at the end here. I know the time. We're going to start... Um, with this idea of serving one another. We read First Peter already. I want you to understand that the reason why we're talking about mission and vision is because at Calvary Church, we've put some words to that. And that is simply this, that our vision, what we believe God has called us to be about is to create communities where people experience God, follow Jesus, and serve others. We believe that if your lives have a healthy level of each of these in our lives, that, that, that paints a pretty healthy picture of a disciple of Jesus. You come into the presence of God, you experience God, you follow Jesus in a, in a, in a class or a small group, you're growing in your faith. You're not just sitting in a chair, but you're growing in your faith. And then out of that growth, we serve others. If those are flowing in yours and your family's lives, pretty healthy, pretty healthy. Some of us, when we look at this vision, we say, oh, that's just corporate vision. No, it's personal as well to say, how am I doing in those areas? How do I serve others? How do I follow Jesus? How can I experience God? Well, today I want to give you three points that answer the question, what happens when we recognize the gift that God has given us and, as First Peter says, use them well? Number one, when I serve, I grow. When I serve, I grow. When you serve, you grow. There is nothing better than pr that produces spiritual growth in your life than, than Scripture says that we could be like Jesus who took upon him the very nature of a servant and served. He did not consider his life too valuable to serve, but he served. And so when we take on that attitude and serve, we grow. Paul said it to the church in Ephesians chapter four. He says, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. 
Then he listed some leadership gifts. He listed the apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And some of us, we read that and say, I'm none of those, so I got out. Like, that's the people that do all the work? Sweet. Get What chair do you want me to be in? No. He goes on and says, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Verse 14, then we individually will be no longer immature like children. How does that happen? When we are equipped to do the work, then we'll be no longer immature. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing individually in every way more and more like Christ, who's the head of his body, the church. Church, can I tell you that at the root of this idea of serving others, it's for your own good. It's for our own good. It's for my own good when I serve. But don't you know that as a parent? I, I love to put things in context because God, as our Heavenly Father, he, he, he speaks to us, even in this verse, through Paul, as, as we are children. And I, I love that because I understand it. And, and as, as parenting, when I see my, my sons and daughters, uh, or my son and daughters, when they, when they serve I know that they are growing. When they can think of other people above themselves, boy, I see a level of maturity in that. I see some growth. And we understand that. It comes with age and maturity that, that when we're younger, it's just like, gimme, 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 right? It's every, how can I do, I want, I want, uh, uh, it's all, you know, this kind of deal. And yet when we grow and mature, there is that ability that we hopefully develop to serve other people, to think about other people. That's why as parents, we, we, we love to teach our children to, to focus on other people and from kindergarten on and from before then, right? We, we want to train up people to do it. Well, God has the same desire for us, and he looks at us in our relationship with him, and he says, hey, be equipped to do the work. It does increase and, and, and push my kingdom forward, yes, but at the root of it, it's because God knows what's best for me, God knows what's best for you, and he looks at all of us as a heavenly father and he says, hey, serve each other, because when you do that, you come out of immaturity and you grow and develop. So the truth of it is, is when I serve, I grow. Say it with me real quick. When I serve, I grow. One more time. When I serve, I grow. It's true. Number two, when I serve, the church advances. When I serve, the church advances. Again, in, in Ephesians 4, 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I love this body metaphor. Have you ever, um, if you've ever injured like one uh, leg or foot or whatever, and you're, you compensate, if you've got a right leg that's hurt, and you compensate by putting more leg on, or more weight on your left leg over time, if you're not using crutches or something, what's going to happen? Well, it's going to hurt this left leg because it's just tired and worn out because this leg's not doing its job. This leg's having to overwork, right? And you get kind of lopsided in that. And spiritually, sometimes the same things happen when we've got one part that's overworked and another part is just like, man, this is great. The old Mr. Left Leg's carrying all the weight. I can just drag along. This is awesome. Well, it's hurting the body. And Paul said to the church there in Ephesus, he says, hey, if you'll get this equation right and serve each other, it helps each other that your left leg and right leg can be beneficially, um, uh, they can benefit each other by serving well, well, the church body is the same way. We have to, to pull together, and we do that in our own families and in the, in the church as well. I love the way Paul uses this metaphor of the body because it, it seems almost comical in common sense to think that my right leg 
can go that direction and my left leg can go that direction, right? Only if you're like a crazy gymnast and I won't even try that. But it's just not possible. The body goes in the same direction. In the same way, God allows a a church like Calvary Church here to have have a vision. Why? So that the body can go in a certain direction that God is calling us to walk into. Paul said it in Ephesians, we read it already, that he gives this leadership and vision through the gifts of the church, the the apostles and prophets and pastors and evangelists and teachers, and he he gives that, but then it doesn't stay there. Then they equip the saints, the the people, to to work, and that the body is built when that direction is, is right. I say it this way, that the vision flow in the church is God's word leads. God leads Always. That's why even in leadership, you've heard me say it so many times that the leadership of this church, we listen first and then we lead. We listen to what God is saying to us and then we lead. If we ever get that mixed up, we're in trouble, right? If God's saying, come here and we'll pull in this way, then there's no blessing in favor there. We listen first then we lead. And so it's God's word and then God's leadership. Ephesians 4, it talks about that. And then equipped and empowered people. And that's all of us. And we serve and we pull in a direction that God has given to us here at Calvary Church. Can I just give you some practical thoughts about this? Every church, and I'm talking about physical uh, church like Calvary Church or, or Westover in Greensboro or Mercy Hill, all church, it, it, Bible-believing, following Jesus-type churches, we all can't do it all. But we can do what God's called us to do, and we can pull in that direction, and we can support and get behind and, 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 and just really leverage other churches that are meeting needs that, that maybe God has called us not to meet at this time, but we can meet the ones he's called us. And boy, my goodness, we do a great job at that, if I could say so myself, because it's like, man, we are meeting the needs, but we're meeting the needs that God has called us to meet. We cannot be multitasking as far as vision. We've got to hear from God. We've got to lead and go in that. And that's an exciting, that's some synergy behind that. And people, we've seen from statistics, even the younger people are yearning for a vision and mission to get behind. Give me a cause and I'll run through a wall for you. But if you're scattered and just like, yeah, we're just doing stuff. No, we'll find another place and we'll dedicate our lives to that mission and vision. That's why I love the idea of, of synergy behind this vision. We have so many things that God is calling us into that when people are, are see the need, see the vision, see the, 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 the burning burden of what God is calling us to and respond, boy, people grow and lives are changed. I want you to hear a story of an example of that very thing. Uh, My wife, Kim, is going to come, and uh, Patty Losher is going to come up with us, and you're going to represent a ministry that I love what this this talks about is because it was his former pastor. It wasn't even me. It was former pastor and a vision of the heart to be generous in spaces that we might not necessarily all be able to go, but we can serve in the mission field as far as this idea of generosity. So, Patty, thank you in advance for for you representing so many uh, people that are serving. And so, Kim, tell us kind of the story and what this is all about. Yeah, so this is Patty Losher, as he already said, and she and Sarah Jo Mayberry, who could not be here this week, she's out of town, they lead a ministry that kind of dovetails with something, uh, our missional generosity vision piece that Pastor David Crabtree started when he was here um, as it relates to some overseas endeavors. And so tell us about the Sunday that God laid this. Now, he laid it on your heart and Sarah Jo's completely independent. Like you guys talked about it later and found each other. But tell us about that Sunday and how that went for you. It was September 16th, 2016, seven years ago. Pastor Crabtree had just come back from a hope ride and he was showing the videos and pictures of it. And he showed a picture of a little girl three years earlier and she was in tattered clothes and everything. And she was raising her hands and dancing and singing and praising God Then he showed a video, a picture of her three years later that year, and she was still in the same clothes. We all know children grow. And um, the shirt was tattered even more, didn't cover her tummy, the skirt barely covered her legs, and my heart broke. 
And um, I said, this precious child, we need to do something for these children. And Sarah Jo Mayberry had the same heart, but we talked about it. And three days later, she called me and she said, I talked with Pastor Tom and he said we can make these pillowcase dresses. But we have one week before the team leaves. We made 39 dresses to send that one week. So two people, just the two of you, got together and you sewed 39 dresses in one week to send to South Africa. That's amazing. That's amazing. So I think we have a representation of what those pillowcase dresses, they're very simple dresses, right? So that's why you guys make those kind because they're quick and easy to make. They're pretty easy even if you're not an expert seamstress because you, you've sewn all your life, right? And Sarah Jo kind of had to dust off her sewing machine to kind of get in the right. Um, so you guys did that. And uh, to date, uh, you have sent dresses not only to South Africa, but now you've also started supporting Costa Rica, where our missionaries, Josh and Alina Gordon are. So tell us about that. She called us, well, she called Sarah Jo and says, you know, these girls out in the mountains need dresses. Please send us dresses. Well, we ended up sending her 100 dresses. We sewed 100 dresses for Costa Rica in just a couple years, a couple months' time. But, um, Tell us what else you've added to dresses. We've, we do shorts, too, because the boys need shorts, but we also make sure they have a shirt to go with it. Um, they also, both, both countries requested, requested flip-flops for shoes, and we've sent, a, up to date, we sent 100 flip-flops and underwear we sent 684 underwear. So it's more than just the dresses. It's really grown. To date, for seven years of shorts and dresses, we've sewn 1,921. And you guys, you are open to new people joining you, right? So I think we have some pictures up here of the ladies together. Uh, and you guys meet uh, once a month. And one month you meet on a Thursday morning? All day Thursday. All day Thursday. And then the next month you switch to Saturdays for people who work. So you go back and forth between Thursdays and Saturdays. And you're expanding to involve people that like to craft. So you saw that some of the uh, garments had ribbons and little button flowers and things like that that people can do if they craft but don't sew. And so if you're interested in getting involved in this, you can go on the group's website, webpage, and uh, go to Common Interest Groups and join the, what do you call it? Dancing Girls. <laughs> the Dancing Girls Dresses Small Group. Thank awesome. you, guys. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. So excited. Yeah. What I love about that is there was a vision, there was the, the, the burden was presented, and there's some ladies that said, you know what, we can meet that need, we, we can meet that need, we got it. So, so I'm just bold enough to say to you today, Calvary Church, there, there are spots that, um, that God is allowing us to have opportunities for you to serve. There are vision and mission pieces here at Calvary because of some of the recalibration we've walked through from the Big C Church, but also at Calvary, there's a spot for you. And will it advance the church? Yes. But more so, it'll advance you. <laughs> and God says, I want you to be mature. I want you to grow. I want you to develop. And, and really, serving is, is incredible. I want to show you a few opportunities uh, on the screens behind me. I have two screens. Just that There are some great, amazing opportunities to serve whether it's on our local serve teams that, that goes out uh, to Smith Homes and does, does ministry every weekend, uh, all over in just amazing the urban ministry outreach there, um, global serve teams all over the world, Calvary Cafe. See, I'm a barista. Well, you know what? You can serve in the cafe. And uh, we, we have a great team back there, the safety response team. Many of you may not even know that. We have a team of, of, of people that serve on that team that are there, are here right now. They're in the building providing for any potential medical needs and security and different areas in the parking lot from the kid men all over. It's incredible. Home group leaders, men, small group leaders, Bible study teachers, guest experience, opening the door, shaking a hand, holding a sign that says, welcome home, whatever it is, saying, we love you. We're glad that you're here. Uh, care team. Pastor Scott leads a team that when we have families in need to deliver food and, and prepare food and different opportunities there, writing cards, hey, we're praying for you. The 
prayer team, obviously, you'll see here as well. This next screen I want to show you is an area that I want to just say to you here at Calvary. This, these are areas that, that because of the, the families and the, because of the areas that they minister to, um, so one of those being all of us, these are growth areas. And these are areas that, that, that this pastor's heart would say to you, we need an influx of people that are serving in these areas. The, the production and worship team, uh, every one of us that participate in the experience God moments at 9 or 11, we understand that this is, this is probably the, the best on-ramp or the most popular on-ramp for people to engage with the church. And as such, we've got opportunities to serve. I, I said it in the first service, Pastor Clayton um, has walked through. In fact, all the pastoral staff that are leading in these areas are new in the last two years, right? So all of them have walked through transition and are leading so well. And you, some of you that have been at Calvary for many, many years, you understand that transition is tough, right? And new leadership, sometimes we say, well, now's my time to step away, you know, whatever. And I get it. I understand. But I'm telling you right now, these are some areas of growth that, that the church, the ministries that God is doing in these spaces need to see kind of a, an, an influx. So if you're saying, man, I, I'm, I'm, I used to serve on the worship team of the church. I can sing. I can play. I'm, I'm very qualified or whatever. Now, we, we're going to bring things with excellence, and there's a process and all this stuff. We're not going to just get up here and, you know, whatever. I was going to be sarcastic in that. I better not because, you know, that I'm not on the worship team, right? They wouldn't even let me. Uh, so, but I just know that there is opportunities to serve. Pastor Josh would love for some, some, some young adults and some moms and dads to serve teenagers and Pastor Tiffany in the kid men's space. All I'm saying to you is that when I serve, I grow. And when I serve, the church advances and there is opportunity as well. Pastor Clayton and the team are going to come help me conclude. Number three, when I serve, when I serve, people see Jesus in me. And church, the mission of the church has never changed. And it's not to build the programs or the ministries of a local body. It has always been to, to fulfill the great commission, right? Go ye therefore and teach and baptize and disciple. And, do, and the mission of the church is there. And so when we engage ourselves in that mission, people see Jesus and their lives are changed. How did I know that? First Peter, we read that verse at the very beginning, chapter four, verse 10. It says, God's given you, each of you, a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And then it says specifics. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do, you're singing, you're greeting people, you're opening the door, you're fixing a coffee, you're, you're, you're finding a seat for someone here in the sanctuary, you're, you're being a sanctuary host, you're serving at Fall Fest. Everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All power and glory to him forever and ever. Amen. What was Peter saying here? He was saying that when we flow in the gifts that God has given to us, God's, God receives the glory, and it points and pulls people to Jesus. What a cool demonstration of that even today in the baptism. Here's people making that public proclamation and, and launching into that, that faith journey um, that God has for each and every one of us. But when we lean into this idea of serving, we find our place in the vision of experiencing God, following Jesus, and serving others. It's really significant. It's really, really significant. So God, help us. Help us to treat each other well. Because when we get this each other thing done right, God's kingdom advances. Amen? I want to conclude this morning with a story, and then we're going to pray and just have a time of commitment. It was January 2nd, 1922. There was a, a football game. And you know me, love, I know I love sports. There was a bowl game in Dallas, Texas called the Dixie Classic. And there was a school that, if you also know me, you know I'm telling a story here, reason why, about a, a little college in Texas called Texas A&M College at the time was playing 
highly favored center college who was then the number one team in the nation. nation. In the first half, the, the Aggies of Texas A&M, they were honestly, they were just decimated by injuries and on the scoreboard. Someone already between services said, well, Pastor John, at least the Aggies won't lose this weekend. They have a bye this weekend. Yeah, I appreciate the sarcasm, whatever. But it's not a lot of changed right here. But in 1922, they were decimated in this game. Many of their players were injured, and, and their head coach, a guy by the name of Dana Bible, he knew that there was this sophomore student up in the stands named E. King Gill. He was in the stands, and he knew uh, he had previous football experience, and he saw Gill in the stands, and he, and he waved him down to the sidelines. E. King Gill came out of the stands. He suited up that day in an extra uniform they had. He was part of the Aggie team that went on to stun Center College, 22 to 14, in what reporters said was, quote, the most spectacular game ever staged in the history of the Southwest. From that day, E. King Gill's willingness to come out of the stands and stand ready to serve the team launched a tradition known as the 12th man at Texas A&M. To this day, there's a statue of, of him outside of Kyle Field and College Station that honors the commitment that he showed to the mission that day. And to this day, Aggies, they, at, at football games, they never sit down at a football game at Kyle Field. They stand ready to serve their team. Any Saturday when they're home, there's 100,000 plus, and tradition would say, you do not sit when the Aggies are on the field playing. You stand ready to serve. Why? Because one, one little sophomore said, hey, I, I, I've got some skills here. I'm, I don't know what I can do, but I'll, I'll suit up here and, and, and just be willing. It was all spurred on by the dedication of one sophomore college student that was willing to, stir, to serve. My question to you today is who needs to be spurred on apart from yourself, but who else would benefit from you coming off the bench and saying, God, I don't know why you've given me this particular gift, but if it can serve the vision of the church, I'm all in. I want to serve well. I don't know what chair you've been sitting in, but can I, with all the love and, and encouragement and grace that I can muster, say, it's time to play. It's time to serve well. It's time to, to use the gifts out of his variety of gifts that he's given you and get in the game and serve others and be engaged with the mission of God. Father, I pray right now for the men and women in this room. I pray that you would help us Help us just to hear your voice, first of all. God, help all the, the, the opinions and thoughts of people around. It doesn't matter, God, but your word and your voice speak very clearly. God, I pray that you would speak to men and women in this room today. God, I, I pray right now for the person that may be feeling that nudge of, of getting off the bench, of re-engaging. God, just put people in their lives and encouragement, even as my words have hopefully been today, to, to serve one another well. God, you want to grow within us a maturity that we wouldn't then be tossed to and fro, like your word says, of, of all the, the lies and the doctrines in the world. And the way we become mature in our faith is when we serve your mission. God, help us to understand that truth today. Help us to serve well. I thank you so much for the men and women in this church already. God, there's so many stories. We heard Patty's story and the ladies that, that serve. But God, there's, I could, could fill the whole time of people in this room. God, I pray that you would give them strength. Even now, some of that are tired, that are literally saying, Coach, take me out. Let me sit on the bench for a while. God, I pray that you would give them strength to continue in that serving. God, give them those moments of rest, God. But those moments of rest happen when other people step up and fill the gaps. God, I pray for rest and, and, and a recharge of those that have been serving well for so long. And God, that happens when, when, when the subs, when the new people begin to serve in those areas as well. We thank you for that incredible dynamic that you allow us to be a part of. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pastor Clayton's going to...
going to lead us. I'm going to invite you to stand with me just for a moment. Here's our, our commitment today, and then we're going to be concluded. Can you just take a moment standing where you're at and make that your personal altar? And Pastor Clayton's going to lead us in a song, but can you just ask the Lord a question? God, where would you have me serve? And can I just give you some freedom to understand that there are seasons of your life, I'm looking around seeing eyes and knowing some of the stories, that that there are opportunities in any healthy team, right? The coach looks and he sees, hey, that's that's my star player, he needs a rest. And so just because you're sitting here does not mean you're out of the will of God. But he never intended you to stay here. So please hear my heart in that. It's just there, there are moments of rest, but I feel like the Holy Spirit is using this time today to say, hey, all right, rest time's done. Let's go. Let's serve. The church is advancing. I want you to be a part of it. I want to grow in you something new. Then you, it's just going to be amazing what God does in and through you. Amen. Can you make that your prayer today? Pastor Clayton, lead us and then we'll be dismissed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You call. Hallelujah. I am available. So I say, yes, Lord. I am available, I hear you call, and I am available, I say, yes, Lord, you know what I don't occupy any of those seats because I've never started the process with my relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords if that's you today if you're here and you said you know what I need to join this team I need to make sure that my my eternity is secured because of what Jesus did for me on the cross We never want to have a service where we don't give you the opportunity to respond to that and say, that's me. I need to be a part of this team. I need to accept what Jesus has done for me and make that profession of faith. With eyes closed and just a heart of turn towards him, if that's you this morning, would you just acknowledge that with the raising of your hands? I'd just like to recognize you at this time and pray with you. I see that hand. Anyone else? Say, hey, 
I need to join this team. I need to be part of God's family. If you would, church family, let's just pray this all together. Just joining with him in his act of faith right now, saying, welcome to the family. Father, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice given for me. I accept his forgiveness. I accept this new life purchased for me. Help me to live. Help me to be a part of your family, a part of this team for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Isn't that exciting? So good. As we dismiss today, I just want to call our our prayer team up front. If you are here today and you just need somebody to agree with you in prayer on any area, if you need to extend your faith and say, you know what, I need prayer for healing. Maybe if if you just accepted Jesus in your heart and you want to come and talk to somebody about it, this would be a great time. Maybe you need finances or a relationship restored. Whatever it is, we just invite you to come. James 5 says... He who is sick among you, call upon the elders. Maybe you need that physical touch. We encourage you to do that. And as you make that transition, just want to remind you of the two places that you can jump in immediately. Uh, We still have eight seats left for the Kingdom Builders um, this Saturday, 530. Just as a reminder, um, you can uh, sign up in the uh, Kingdom Builders lobby. Uh, There's only eight seats Uh, This isn't something you just show up. You have to register. And so if you want to grab those seats, you can. Also over here in our West Transition Lobby, um, if you want to jump in and serve, say, hey, I can do that this Wednesday. I can be a part of this team. And uh, ask how you can jump in and serve. And as you do that, let me just pray you out with a prayer blessing. Father, I thank you for this amazing church family. Lord, I thank you for all the gifts and the callings and the talents that are here that have been placed before you to say, God, here I am, use me. Lord, I pray, God, for those who have faithfully served, Lord, that you would encourage them, remind them of just how powerful and amazing their act of service is. And for those of us, Lord, who are deciding, you know what, I need to, I need to switch seats. I need, to, I need to get off the bench. I need to jump in and be an active participant. Lord, I pray favor and blessing upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, come forward, come to the back table, or hit one of our lobbies. Thanks for being here, Calvary.